Greetings, friends, and welcome to the What's Right Show. Yes, tis I, Sam Rajofsky, your host, loud voice for the silent majority. Uh, Look, um, this Tucker business is getting a little whack, as the kids say. Another drip, drip revelation of bad, and I'm putting that in quotation marks, bad things that Tucker allegedly has done. Uh, This time, as it's billed by CNN, it's a racist text message that he sent to his producer. Now, let me make some sense of this for you so you understand where this is all coming from. These private communications between Tucker and his staff Uh, became relevant in the Dominion voter lawsuit, right? The voting machines case that recently settled. Uh, In the process, what is called in these cases is called discovery, where one side is able to ask the other and vice versa for relevant information. So they turn it over. Now, you're, you're supposed to turn over everything that is relevant, now, there are oftentimes are, are very long and protracted fights over withholding things that are uh, pieces of evidence, documents, data that is perhaps not necessarily relevant to the lawsuit and is more inflammatory, is more distracting to the core issues in the case uh, and therefore, the, as, 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 as far as evidence concerned, I'm just telling you this as a lawyer, the evidentiary value of it is limited. Now, these were texts today released, something about a fight that they were witnessing in the moment as January 6th was playing out. They were communicating about their program. Look, I have a little bit of insight into this. You know, when I prepare a show and I get together with my producer and we're, we're discussing what we're going to do. We have lots of conversations by text, uh, by chat, through email. We're sending each other information back and forth. So this is all very typical stuff. Now, were these conversations relevant to the lawsuit? Well, perhaps because what the Dominion people wanted to prove is that none of the on-air hosts believed what they were saying on air about there being potentially some uh, hanky-panky going on with the machine. So so, so this, this stuff... Let's say it gone out through the through the lawsuit. Now it was all sealed. It was all sealed. None of this was publicly available, but it is coming out. It is coming out fast. And the most likely person, by the way, to be releasing this is Fox's own PR gal. Her name is Irina Briganti, who leads Fox's media relations department. A number of Fox employees have come forward. They've gone on the record with Rolling Stone magazine saying that it is precisely this Irina Briganti character who is the leader of the comms department at Fox who has compiled privately of her own volition a shocking opposition file on Carlson. So she's got all this stuff on Tucker, and she's not afraid to use it. Now, I say I put in the phrase of her own volition, and I want to – come back to that for a minute because where I stand looking at this objectively I I see that this is uh, really a unacceptably dirty play on the part of Fox I I, there is no doubt to me 
that if this Irina person is allowed to continue to release stuff out there to friendly mainstream liberal media that damages Tucker Carlson, hurts his prospects of getting future employment, all in an effort, right, to aid Fox in their negotiations with him. Because remember, and I haven't mentioned this here on the program yet, but it's a little bit of inside baseball. Yes, he's been, he has been kicked off of his show. I have described this for a while now as a termination. There's no doubt he's not going back on air on Fox. But technically speaking, Tucker Carlson was not fired. He's still getting paid. He is still there. He just doesn't have a show. So they have him. They, he has a contract with them. They are paying him according to the terms of the contract. And presumably the contract has provisions in there where they have discretion of whether to air his show or not. And they are electing not to air his show. Now, something similar happened to Conan back when he had a program that put him on ice, paid him, and essentially let him sort of die on the vine and prevent him from being snatched up by a competitor. So Fox is doing, I'll tell you, Fox is, you know, Fox's biggest fear, greatest nightmare is that somebody comes along, grabs Tucker Carlson, and steals all of Fox's ratings uh, from right under underneath them. Remember, there was a an offer, a publicly made offer. There, you saw this. Patrick Beck David uh, gave, uh, yeah, he gave, um, uh, it did a massive offer of a hundred million dollars uh, with uh, to Tucker. Said five year deal. You get editorial control. You get equity in our company. This is real. Call us when you're ready. And there are other significant offers that Tucker Carlson's getting as well. So, so, so Fox here is, you know, one, holding on to Tucker and protracting an exit, uh, a, you know, a, a, an, an exit interview, we'll call it that. But really, it's a negotiation about how to, how to, how to, how to leave the agreement, the contract. But in the meantime, they're, they're at the very least allowing an internal employee of, of, of Fox that uh, allowing her to to run amok with 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 Tucker's reputation. So to the essence of the allegation that surfaced today, and this is, I can't even keep track of it. This is, what is this like the the fifth, the fifth bombshell leak? Apparently, as Tucker is looking at the the riot unfolding at the Capitol, there's a, a kid, a Antifa kid, getting beaten up by a group of ostensibly seeming it seems to be Trump supporters. And he says something about the fact that this is not how white people fight, meaning it was a dishonorable fight. That This was not something that he was okay with. And yet at the same time, you know, he expressed he didn't have a whole lot of sympathy for the Antifa guy. And then he went on to say, and this part of it, by the way, doesn't get reported. Uh, he says then, quote, unquote, Somewhere deep in my brain, an alarm went off. This isn't good for me. Again, this is Tucker Carlson in text messages with his producer. Quote, I'm becoming something I don't want to be. The Antifa creep is a human being too, much as I despise what he says and does. I'm sure I'd hit him personally if I knew him. I shouldn't gloat over his suffering. I should be bothered by it. I should remember that somewhere somebody probably loves this kid and would be crushed if he was killed. Uh, if I reduce people to their politics, how am I better than he is? 
By the way, this very well put. And Tucker would be right to say this. This part of it is getting no attention. The only part that gets attention is him saying, and it's made into a racist thing. I mean, I, it's, it's a white guy talking about how white people fight. I'm, I, I, look, I'm, let, me, let me translate this. Uh, what if it was a black guy talking about how black people fight? Nobody would be up in arms about it at all. So, you know, I, I, I th- all of this to me, uh, CNN, of course, reports the headline, and it's factually correct. But at its core, it's misleading, which is what, you know. Yeah, Glenn, uh, Glenn Greenwald had a great tweet about this. There's obviously a decision by Fox to wage a massive war on Tucker, on his character. And they're partnering with both the New York Times and Media Matters to do it. And it's extremely odd for many reasons, beginning with the fact that Tucker has not uttered a negative word about them. This is very, very dangerous, friends, by the way, too, from a legal uh, angle, because, you know, if Tucker continues to abide by the terms of his agreement, his agreement, his contract, where I assume there is a non-disparagement clause, and, and Fox doesn't, they may end up in massive legal hot water. And how do you establish that? Well, easy. Uh, oh, yeah, easy. He's getting $100 million offers. If those evaporate overnight, Tucker's got a, a, a $100 million plus lawsuit against Fox that ought to be pretty easy to prove. So this is all very risky stuff. And by the way, uh, by the way, the, the idea here, and it's funny to me how conservative some intellectual conservatives are – they're not necessarily coming to Tucker's aid. And this is the problem with the conservative movement, of course, is because most of the people that are the, uh, I would say, the top talking heads in our movement secretly loathe the tip, the spear of our movement and, and, and want to reclaim it for their, for their intellectual elites. Now, this program, as you know, is not a program for the elites. It's a program for you and for me and for all of us here that live and work in Las Vegas and beyond uh, working for a better world. But th- this is this is interesting because there was, a, there was an interesting, um, I, I guess, a piece put out there. Some guys were writing a, a piece about how this, well, they're, they're talking about how, how, how Carlson's getting into something they're calling deification. Those guys, them, Separating, of course, liberals and those that seek to damage this world from the rest of society. And I have some remarks on their comments on it because I, I read this piece and I, I immediately had a thought come to mind. Let me share that with you after the break. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Welcome back, friends. You're listening to the What's Right Show. Sam Rachofsky here, your host, known as Nevada's favorite recovering Californian. Yes, that's me. This hour brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law because you deserve what's right. 702-820-1234. 
All right. This business with with Tucker and the slow drip of bad press that is leaking out of Fox, and it is Fox, friends, that's leaking this because they're the ones who have this information. And a magazine, Rolling Stone, came out confirming that, well, they had a number of Fox employees tell them that the comms department head, a woman named Irina Briganti, technical title is the head of media relations uh, at Fox, has a huge opposition file on uh, Carlson, Tucker Carlson, and she's apparently not afraid to use it if necessary. And I think if necessary is now. She's letting it loose. And people on the inside, this is, as I guess, a very, very open secret at this point that it is this particular person. Now, it is obvious, of course, that the mainstream media, media matters, all these people would come forward to jump on the bandwagon. I get that. I, I think we had, what was this, what we saw today on The View? Sonny Hostin. She's all about this. You know, she's like, well, they knew, they knew Tucker was a racist from the beginning. I mean, you know, he was, you know, we, they knew who he was. For me, for me I said. think what was most interesting is that Fox knew this about him. When people show you who they are, you believe them the first time. He spoke about this replacement theory, which is a bigoted racist theory about people being replaced by immigrants in this country and it's a fear-mongering tactic over 400 times and Fox was perfectly fine with that all of a sudden you mean to tell me that this one text comes out where they where he says it's not how white men fight and then they go oh no he's a racist we can't have him on our television show I don't think that's true wait a minute now let me just for a second here, permit me, friends. Let, let's talk about replacement theory. I went to school in the 80s and 90s. So this isn't even that long ago. And I had, I remember my teachers telling me, being taught about the glories of multiculturalism. And, and yeah, I remember that word, multiculturalism. And I had, and at the time, it was a very popular thing for Democrat politicians to say we need more immigration to make the country less white, to make it less homogenous. And that, um, listen, I mean, that is, so So it's so funny to me. I, I enjoy when, <laughs> when the left comes up with an idea, we criticize it, and then we get called racist. When it was their racism in the beginning, right? Imagine saying we need to make the country less white. Hey, how about, I know here's the conservative point of view in my, in my opinion. My, my view on this is let's get the best immigrants we possibly can and who cares what their color is. But that's not what it is. And, and, and all across Europe, Western Europe in particular, same nonsense. We need to make this our country less homogenous, our country's too white. Trust me, this was a refrain for decades in the United States and elsewhere too, in the Netherlands, in Great Britain, Germany. So, you know, if they're the ones who invented immigration based on color, so don't, don't, give, don't give me this. 
But of course, Sonny Hostin and The View, these ladies do not understand history. They, they're, they're like 10-second um, toms living in the moment, and they're just re you know, reacting knee-jerk to what's going on in the news. So th it's no doubt to me, right, that the left is uh, out there uh, criticizing uh, Tucker. But what my problem is, friends, is when, when, the, when the right chimes in with it too, and I saw a piece by Jesse Single on uh, Single Minded uh, today. And the piece, the title of it is Why You Should Not Try to Deify Your Perceived Ideological Enemies. And I started reading this piece, and it, of course, immediately struck me as a bit odd, given, as I mentioned in a previous segment, that Tucker Carlson, in the so called racist text messages between him, and his producer actually says in regards to a fight where there are three guys beating the living stuffings out of one guy, he calls it an unfair fight, says it's not how white people fight. But he also says this, I sh talking about the Antifa kid who he says he politically loathes, I should remember somewhere that somewhere somebody probably loves this kid would be crushed if he was killed. And uh, I should care about these things Quote, if I reduce to their politics, people to their politics, how am I better than them? Funny enough, right? It is the core substance of the, of the ending of the summation of the text that is not being talked about in the meeting, in the, in the, in the, in the news uh, here and all the different pieces that I'm seeing, is then turned around by a conservative to say, you know, hey, Tucker, we shouldn't deify our enemies. Now, what do I mean? What do they mean about deifying? This is a, apparently something Michael Moynihan came out uh, in his uh, podcast, The Fifth Column, deification. And he talks about this as a core tenet of Trumpism. And he says the deification of, of, uh, that Tucker uses, they're doing this, they're doing that, they won't let you. Talking in particular about that video that Tucker released a few days after he was uh, booted from his show. And I'm reading this, and I, you know, I understand that there are a number of conservatives that do not like Trump, that want Trump out of the party, they don't like Trumpism, they don't like the Make America Great Again movement. They're... Uh, they don't like all these unwashed masses in the conservative movement. They want to sit around comfortably with their intellectual pals, went to top schools and dress in bow ties and go to the country club. That's, those are the Republicans these people like. But it brought me to a very important uh, conclusion on this. These are the people that brought us the they. <laughs> the leftists. I'm not just talking about the they, them pronoun, but these are the people that are always banging on about how we conservatives are this, that, and the other. And my take on this is I'm going to continue to lump these people into one group until they disavow, say, for example, childhood, child genital mutilation for one. Some of this craziness that is going on, extreme wokeism, until they s stop owning that, then there is a they. I don't know if you agree on this, but it, it's just, this is such a silly thing to attack Tucker on. Total nonsense. All right, friends, Sam Rajofsky, I'll be back in a moment. You're listening to The What's Right Show on News Talk 840 KXNT. 
Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit SamAndAshLaw.com. Greetings, friends, and welcome to the What's Right Show. Bottom of the hour here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Sam Marjofsky, your host, lawyer, friend to all, and proud Nevadan, and Las Vegan. Uh, yes, I am that, definitely. Uh, good to be here. Uh, we are, well, we're going strong. We're here Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m., and um, it's it's always I, I don't know I always enjoy this time that we have together. Just before the break, <laughs> the criticisms now, the stuff that is being released on Tucker Carlson that he is, well, racist. And one of the evidences of his racism is that he talked about how dare he the Great Replacement theory. <laughs> yeah, I stand by what I said earlier. I can't tell you how many times I have heard liberals talk about race, how America needs to be less white, how we need to add some dollops of color through immigration into our into the fabric of our society, an effort to improve America. And I'm not I'm look, I'm not even getting right now into the merits of whether that's good or bad. I'm just saying, you can't call a conservative racist for calling out your racism. That's a that's a non-starter. Well, you want to hear the it, Dems are notorious for talking about race and changing demographics. The Democrats talk about replacement theory. Uh, it's uh, look, we've got a little, we've got a highlight reel. This is 47 seconds of hot sniggity goodness. Listen closely. It's changing. It's going to become a purple state and then a blue state because of the demographics. The demographics of America are not on the side of the Republican Party. The new voters in this country are moving away from them. And instead, they're moving to be independents or to even vote on the other side. An unrelenting stream of immigration. Nonstop. Nonstop. Folks like me who were Caucasian of European descent for the first time in 2017 will be in an absolute minority. Fewer than 50% of the people in America from then and on will be white European stock. That's not a bad thing. That's a, that's a source of our strength. Well, that last one was Joe Biden before it, Dick Durbin. Democrat senator, and then before that, Julian Castro, also Democrat, Texas. So, I mean, Biden lays it out. That was Biden 2015. He maybe didn't have full-blown dementia back then. That's his dream, an unrelenting stream of immigration, nonstop, nonstop. Folks like me that were Caucasian or European for the first time in 2017 will be in an absolute minority. He says it's not a bad thing. So wait, look, like, look, I mean, how is a guy like Tucker Carlson or any other conservative that is calling this out, how are they the racist? 
it's it's mine. I mean, I remember growing up. Again, I, I, I go back to California. I remember La Raza, different groups in California. They always talked about this. Just had a listener, Bruce, remind me of this in an email. They, 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 their whole mission was to replace white Californians with Hispanics. That's that's what it was. And and again, it wasn't racism when they say it, but somehow, some way, it's not acceptable for Tucker to say it. It's total bunk. And by the way. By the way, this is exactly, friends, this is exactly why the border is a mess. It's all part of this plan. But, you know, Biden lays it out there. And, you know, we're, we are, well, I mean, you heard, you heard Corinne Jean-Pierre the other day, right? Immigration is down 90%. Did you hear this clip here? He has tools that he's used to, to make sure that <laughs> we do this. We actually deal with the immigration system in a humane way uh, and in a, in a way that is uh, uh, that actually deals with what we're seeing at the border. And that's why you've seen the parolee program be so successful. Uh, it has, it has, um, it has uh, uh, when it comes to illegal migration, you've seen it come down uh, by more than 90%. And that's because of this act, the actions that this president has taken. This is amazing. Biden in 2015 lays out what his view of immigration is. By the way, 2015, he's vice president of the United States, so it's not like it's some old guy talking about something off the top of his head. He's literally second in line for the presidency. And what does he say? He goes, well, there's this plan. And again, I, folks, I'm not getting into the merits of it. My personal take on immigration as the son of immigrants is that we want the best damn immigrants in this country we can possibly get. I literally do not care about the color of their skin at all. My problem with illegal immigration, and I'm, I'm, I don't mean to get on a tangent here, but now I'm getting upset. My problem with, with illegal immigration is we don't know who's coming in. And the dirty secret is, yeah, down 90%. Does anybody believe that the immigration right now is down, down 90% on the, it's just These people are making stuff up as they go. The reason it's probably up by 90%, not down by, she got the wrong, no, she got the wrong direction. The Democrats want people here who are losers. They want victims. They don't want Vivek Ramaswamy's running around who are brilliant. They don't want immigrants like Elon Musk. Oh, oops, he's a, forgot, he's a white guy. They don't want, they say they do, but they don't want competent people. They want victims. They want people who are dependent on them and the state. How's that for theification? It's the truth. People like my parents came here and literally got to work the next day. Came here and, and I mean, I could give you stories about how poor I grew up. My parents didn't accept welfare. They didn't come here to, for a handout. Pretty confident I, I grew up as, as, a, as a kid, as a young kid. We were below the poverty line by, by every measure. Except, of course, my parents education they came here and legit started over you want to talk about american dream that is it it is the embodiment of what immigrants seek out in this country and it is the best that we have but the big but 
and the Democrat lie is that we ought to be bringing people in. We have to vet them, know who they are, and they should be quality people. And to say that suddenly for them to turn it around and call us racist for saying that is just absolute hogwash. It's nonsense. It's the same nonsense as Corinne Jean-Pierre, affirmative action hire extraordinaire over there at the Biden White House, saying that illegal immigration is down by 90%. Oh, and by the way, Peter Ducey yesterday challenged her on it. He goes, I want to, Ducey's like, I want to circle back on this. Did you hear this exchange? (laughs) This was great. Listen. You said yesterday that when it comes to illegal migration, you've seen it come down by more than 90%. Where did that number come from? It was, because I was CBP speaking. is telling us the number is. I hear you. I'm about to answer. I'm about, I'm about to answer you. Year so if you, far. if you, if the dramatics could come down just a little bit. Uh, um, the dramatics could come down a little what's bit. What's dramatic about asking a question about. Okay. I'm, go- I'm going to answer. So I was speaking to the parolee program. As you know, the president put in place a parolee program to deal with, uh, to deal with certain countries uh, on, on ways that we can limit illegal migration. And we have seen, the data has shown us that it has gone down by more than 90%. That was what I was speaking and to. to no, I'm, really we're, we're going to go. We're going to move. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. We're moving. Literally, I, Baghdad Bob came back from the dead and had a sex change. And that is Corinne Jean-Pierre. This woman, <laughs> you don't like, my, you don't like my, uh, my reference? Is he still alive? He might still be alive. Producer Robbie's going to check this. He was the guy, he was the spokesman for the Iraqi, for Saddam Hussein's government. He literally had bombs bursting in the air behind him as he was giving reports that the American military was nowhere to be found uh, in the capital. Total propagandist. That is what this woman is. This, 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 is a, this is farcical. So Ducey, of course, who, by the way, she says he's being hysterical. I, I, he doesn't, he's not a hysterical guy. I mean, he's, he's asking her a, a, a direct question. And then he follows it up with this. If the border is secure, as the administration has said, then why would we need to send 1,500 active duty U.S. troops down there? Because we need more work. <laughs> we need more work needs to be done, Peter. We put forth a, a, a comprehensive immigration uh, uh, legislation, and Congress, uh, Republicans in Congress, refused to act. Oh, yeah. So, hey, if it's so good down there, why did you just send troops? Oh, well, uh, because more work needs to be done. <sighs> I, I don't even have, I don't even, I, I'm out of words. I'm at a loss for language. All right, let me take a quick break. I'll find my words. Don't you worry, folks. I've got them here somewhere. I've got them here somewhere. What a, what a, what a joke. It's, it's almost comedy. It's like, why watch Saturday Night Live when you can watch a White House press briefing? Sam Marjofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. All right, friends, listen up got things to cover. You're listening to the What's Right Show. Sam Rajofsky here, Nevada's favorite recovering Californian, live and local uh, here on the station. Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. is the time that we have allotted uh, to spend together uh, every week. And um, I try to get through everything that I can. Sometimes 
I'll be honest, there's too much to cover. I'm going to quickly mention this here because it was in the news today. Nordstrom's apparently just shut down all of its remaining stores in San Francisco. Now, just wait, just wait for the left to try to spin this for uh, Gavin Newsom and all the politicians in California to say, well, there's nothing to see here, folks. It's the economy. It's not the economy. The problem is out-of-control crime. Nordstrom's chief stores officer, Jamie Nordstrom, blamed the state of San Francisco, meaning the conditions in San Francisco in recent years for reducing foot traffic and our ability to operate successfully. What do you think Jamie means by that? For reducing foot traffic and, quote, our ability to operate successfully? You know, I... <laughs> well, I think I would think if you operate a, a store <laughs> and most of your customers leave with goods that they don't pay for, that would be the definition of an unsuccessful retail operation, don't you? See, it's brilliant. Crime goes up in a city <laughs> and it scares the paying customers off. Because you and I, you know, we, we actually go in there with, with money in our wallets. Hell's bells. We don't want to, you know, criminality amok inside and outside the store. Last thing we want is to, you know, lose what we bought and our wallets and possibly even our lives. So who's left? Yeah, that's right. Just those people who are craftily going in, stealing just under $1,000 worth of goods who know that worst-case scenario, they get cited and released. Now, I was talking about this with a, with a liberal friend of mine the other day. This is nonsense, Sam. You, you, you always talk about how lowering this, the, 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 the felony uh, limit on, on the, of, uh, what is it, the money spent, or the money, the value of the goods stolen, that this is, this is it's a red herring. I said, well, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's literally a ticket. You can go into a store and steal $950 worth of stuff, and it's a ticket. Just like maybe, you know, I, I, I would get a speeding ticket, or you'd get a speeding ticket. Now, do people – look at how – if they – people always talk about ending speeding. If they arrested every single person – for speeding, for going 10 miles over the speed limit. Do you know how fast people would slow down? Trust me, people would slow down. Now, hear me out. I'm not advocating for that, okay? My point is that when you lower the punishment to almost nothing for stealing, now they're, it's, it's, an, it's all upside for these guys. And this is a cost that is borne by the companies that are constantly losing goods. And no, they can't get insurance because after their umpteenth claim, they're done. They get cut off. So what happens then? It's over. And that's why even woke companies, relatively like Whole Foods, are abandoning flagship stores. We've talked about this. There was a... Uh, uh, Whole Foods recently, 60, what was it, 60, 70,000 square feet, gone. 
It's closing, it, it closed that location's other stores. Anthropology, Office Depot also left. Target, I saw a picture from Target. Holy smokes. It, the Target had everything on their shelves is locked. Now, I don't know about you. Do you ever go to a, a store where things are, where things are locked up, you know, like, and sometimes it's, you know, higher end, maybe a higher end bottle of wine or something in a store is behind it. And it's a hassle, okay? You have to go find the clerk and you say, I need that thing behind the, 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 the glass there that you have. Can you unlock it for me? Yes, we can. Uh, we're going to, what's your name? We're going to put it at the cash register or customer service. You can pick it up at the front. It is a hassle. Imagine you're a consumer and you go to Target and everything, literally everything, the toilet paper, is behind locked gates or is somehow secured and you've got to call a store worker there to help you get it. You know who's laughing all the way to the bank is Amazon. I wouldn't be surprised if um, if Bezos was, was contributing to each and every one of these DAs that is letting criminals out of jail. He's literally ruining the, what is left of retail. These woke DAs are destroying, yes, destroying what little was left of retail in all of this. And it's, yeah, I know Whole Foods belongs to Bezos, yes. But, you know, this is, this is absolutely crazy. Nordstrom's, by the way, their chief stores officer, Jamie Nordstrom, says, but as many of you know, the dynamics of downtown San Francisco market have changed dramatically over the past several years, impacting customer foot traffic to our stores. Yeah. Okay. I wonder what changed. Could it be Chesa Boudin? That guy, I know they booted him, but the, the, damage is, the damage has been done and they still haven't walked back some of these crazy policies. Westfield Mall. You know, Westfield Mall on Market Street, I, I used to go to San Francisco all the time. Almost went to law school uh, in, in the city. Almost, so I almost moved to San Francisco for a while. I mean, back then, my son was, my son was I, you know, little. I mean, he was like three, two or three. And, you know, we, I remember wife and I walking for miles in San Francisco with a baby in a baby stroller, and it was fine. And now I hear nightmares. People, the areas where I used to be able to walk freely, it's, it's done. This Westfield Mall is a very, very bougie mall. It's on Market Street. It's two blocks from the Four Seasons Hotel, just to give you a, a kind of an idea. Twitter headquarters is another block down. This was not, this is not a bad part of town. But no, everything the Democrats touch, these wacko radicals, it turns to crap. They have the absolute unique ability of turning gold into straw. And, and nowhere, by the way, you see it with Karine Jean-Pierre. Oh, the border crossings are down 90%. We're real fixing it real good. Um, Nowhere is there any acceptance, any humility, any recognition that their policies had an impact on what's going on. They come up instead for excuse after excuse after excuse. Man up and accept this. And I don't care if you're a woman. You can man up too. You know what I'm saying. 
own it. Instead, we have lie after lie, obfuscation after obfuscation, while these these great blue liberal cities burn. May it never, God help us, ever happen here in Las Vegas. All right, friends, uh, more updates on Hunter Biden when we return. Yes, the baby mama drama is escalating. And, and, and the POTUS, President of the United States, Papa Biden, chiming in on this in an interesting way. Oh, I'm shaking my head. Don't go anywhere, friends. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Greetings, friends. Sam Rajofsky here. News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, friends, listen, uh, this writer strike in uh, Hollywood that so many of these leftist media personalities are uh, crowing about how they support collective bargaining. Hey, here's an idea. Have you heard of this thing called AI? That's right. Artificial intelligence. It's writing people. It's writing cover letters. It's writing haikus, poetry. It's writing not, It's writing entire plays. So maybe, um, maybe these writers should just get replaced by a computer. You think I'm joking. It could very well happen. Now, the other news story that I'm seeing all over the headlines, I want to just uh, give you my opinion on it. Uh, given I'm familiar with this part of the world, uh, I don't trust. And well, first off, I'm I'm very skeptical in general. I, this uh, incident that occurred in Russia overnight, where Putin somehow supposedly survived an assassination attempt, there was a direct attack on the Kremlin. Two things: one is that is being reported; the second that is not. So let me start with first what is. Being, what is being reported, and I'm going to opine on that or give you my thought on that, and then I'll give you the part here that I'm not seeing anywhere. Number one, how did an Ukrainian drone make it all the way through Russian airspace into one of the most secure places in all of Russia? I have that question. And I, I know people are saying, well, you know, the Ukrainian spies snuck it in and, and got it, you know, covertly got this drone. It's a big drone. I mean, it's carried on a truck somewhere, brought it in surreptitiously, snuck it into the, you know, outskirts of Moscow and then released it under the cover of darkness. Again, it doesn't change my original question, which is how did it, you know, how did it end up? not getting intercepted before it hit hit the uh, hit the Kremlin. Now I think the answer there is is obvious, but I'm just throwing the question out. Now the second thing is not a question, it's a statement. Putin doesn't live at the Kremlin. He has a a massive complex uh, that is secret that is uh, outside of the city. Now that's not to say that he may not occasionally spend uh, uh, the night at the Kremlin. 
But when they're yelling about how the Kremlin was attacked and that he narrowly missed a, an assassination attempt, uh, I, I smell BS on that. Now, I know they're, they're threatening nuclear war. They've been threatening nuclear for day one. But anyway, this um, the, the idea is, right, of course, if, if there were actually a drone strike on where Putin, you know, the Putin's, you know, somewhat secret outside of Moscow residence, it would lack the sexy flair that an attack on a, on a tower of the Kremlin, a symbol of Russian power and might, uh, would have. So, I, to me, I, is it a false flag operation? I don't know. Uh, but I think the thing just stinks to me it, up and down and doesn't add up. And I, well, I, no, I, I've not, I'm not a, I have not been to Moscow personally, but I, my, my cousin, she lived there up until literally she was on the last flight out of Moscow to Switzerland when the war broke out. She's an international lawyer, uh, worked for a, a big firm there. And, um, and uh, but she's got some stories, let me tell you. Um, so yeah, this is, I, I would not be surprised if this is, this is uh, complete, complete nonsense. Uh, and, um, and yeah, so this, this is what's, what's, what's going on now. Speaking of complete nonsense, uh, do you see this thing? By, by, we talked about Hunter Biden and his paternity child support loss, uh, lawsuit that is going on being heard as we speak down in Arkansas. And the idea here is the paternity of the kid is established. He has been paying her child support. In fact, his lawyers have said to date he has paid the mom, the baby mama, north of $750,000 in child support. So the guy is not paying child support for a kid that's not his is the point I'm trying to make. Now he's going to court to try to lower that amount. Fine. I have a question for you. I'm just, I want a gut check from, from, from you guys here. Help me out. I, Biden's like deliberately not mentioning this kid. Like this is his grandchild and he refuses to acknowledge her. By the way, this was, what was this, Thursday? Thursday, Biden was talking about take your child to work day. And he said that he called all of his grandkids. He names them by name. And he says this. And, and uh, mind you, it's the number. It's the number. He doesn't mention the kid down in Arkansas. And he, and he says he only has six, not seven grandkids. I have six grandchildren. And I'm crazy about them. And I speak to them every single day. Not a joke. Matter of fact, I just got finished going through the calls. And... Uh, only one of them answered the phone, uh, but at least I got to leave a message. Brain-addled Joe Biden. Remember, I talked about this yesterday. Is it is it feeblety or is it his refusal to acknowledge the paternity uh, of his son's kid, which would be his seventh grandkid? And I mean, it could go either way, but he seems pretty lucid in this particular clip. And he does, we don't have the whole clip here, but he does mention them all by name. Kind of, kind of goes on and on. I didn't want to bore you with that, but it's, it's there. So then, of course, yesterday in the White House press briefing, a female reporter asks Corrine Jean-Pierre 
about this. Listen to the exchange. Uh, I wanted to ask about the trial going on in Arkansas with Hunter Biden and the child support. Are the president and first lady monitoring that? And how come they haven't acknowledged the seventh grandchild? I'm not going to speak to that from here. Oh, we're not going to address it. Now, here's why uh, Here's why I, I, I'm just, listen, this is where the gut check question comes comes through. And by the way, you know you can always reach me, sam at salmonashlaw.com, sam at salmonashlaw.com. Uh, look, I my kids are still young, okay? My son, in fact, heaven help me, he's just now uh, got some girl that he's interested in in high school. So, um, no, I'm not rolling my eyes. I'm just, I'm sighing, okay? Because this is, you know, this is how the, the next next rest of my life is going to go. You know, you know our, our kids, many of you have kids that are grown. Many of you have grandkids. The grandchild's not responsible for the fault of the parents, Right? And we particularly as conservatives believe in the innocence of, of life and of, of young kids in particular and seek to protect them. And so, you know, I guess what I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm, I'm seeing this and I, I, it's really cynical and it's really heartless because this little girl, I think she's a little girl, Robbie, right? This little girl is going to grow up at some point, and all of this is public record. All of this is, is on tape. And she's going to be running around. I don't know if she's got last name Biden, but she's four years old now. So in not too many years, she's going to be in the in elementary school, eventually middle school, somewhere along the way. People are going to be like, hey, your, your grandpa was president of the United States and denied your existence. <laughs> from the White House. People are going to tease her about that. And it goes to the heart, friends. Let's strip away all this, all the scandal, all the yuck, all the filth that the Biden crime family is engaged in. Just take all of that away. And let's focus just right here, right now, on this moment of inhumanity. I played that second clip here of Corrine Jean-Pierre saying, I'm not going to get into this from here about whether or not Biden intentionally omitted one of his grandkids. Uh, I brought it up specifically because it is a confirmation that he deliberately omitted this kid. I'm bringing it up because Thursday, he says he's got six grandkids. The news of this denial explodes. Even I am willing to say, look, the guy's, the guy's a feeble mess. And people like my in-laws, I, I, I've lost count. My, my wife's parents have a lot of grandkids. I mean, it's in like the mid-20s. And they keep them all straight, but I, I certainly wouldn't fault them if they forgot one or two. Um. So what am I what am I trying to say here? It, 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 if it was a simple omission and there was a big kerfuffle about it over the weekend in the media, and then they, you know, Corinne Jean Pierre gets asked about it, it's perfect opening, and she could just say, you know what, the president 
is, you know what, the president just, uh, you know, forgotten, just, uh, you know, forgive us, it was an oversight, and I'll let him speak to it. It was an oversight. It was all explainable. Whatever. She could have said something like that. And instead, she refused to. It's extremely telling. Now, why is this relevant? This is a guy that endless, I'm talking about Biden now, and the whole Biden administration, they endlessly lecture us about needing to be compassionate. They endlessly lecture us about how we need to mutilate kids for the sake of conforming their genders to what their minds are telling them at 11, 12, or otherwise what? Otherwise, injury will befall them. They talk nonstop about all of their compassion for kids, but privately in their family, where the rubber hits the road. They're hypocrites. And nowhere is that at this moment more evident than in this situation. I get it. I get it's awkward. Yeah, Hunter, you know, he knocked up a stripper. We get it. Awkward. But that child is four and has nothing to do with this, and it's your grandkid, pal. Be a man. That's what I have to tell Joe Biden. That's, that's where I stand. If you think I'm wrong, please email me. Sam Marjofsky here. Be back in a moment. You're listening to The What's Right Show. Welcome back. You're listening to The What's Right Show. Sam Marjofsky here, lawyer, talk show host, and Nevada's favorite recovering Californian. Um, By the way, many of you, I'm finding out, have also escaped from California and other tragically liberalized states and places and have found a new home here in in Las Vegas and in our conversations that we have uh, and emails that we exchange. It's nice to hear your stories. There's a lot of us. Now, many of you, many of you, let me say this, were smart. (laughs) You did it like 20 years ago. (laughs) I know, I know, I know. There's a time to leave, and and um, I, you know, I can't. I, I got here just before COVID, so 2019. Uh, so so I, I came here still before the the last great migration that occurred in 2020, 2021. But the interesting thing is, is that people ask me, you know, so how how is it? Uh, how how was it moving here? Or some of my friends, family members in California, will say, well, how was it leaving California? you have any regrets? And I, I, I always say, uh, I regret not doing it sooner. <laughs> I regret not pulling the plug earlier. And and that's, you know, I, I, people here get it, and the people in California don't. Uh, so there's, there's only so much I'm willing to give up for the beach, and, um, and I hit my limit, I guess, uh, is what I'm trying to say. Now, Hitting a limit, yes, that reminds me. So it's not just this case making its way through the Arkansas court related to the $20,000 a month in uh, child support that Hunter Biden doesn't want to pay the mother of his child. It's not even that the president himself is a cold-hearted jerk of publicly disavowing the existence of his granddaughter. 
The problem here is that there is a, and I described it yesterday as a hub and spoke center of scandal and all from it, you know, drawing both, drawing toward the center and, and, and making the center more, constantly more substantial and weighty by the, by the day, it seems, are these different lines of attack or these different components of all of this. Now, one of the components is the laptop. Now, the laptop, the reason the laptop is important is that it itself is evidence of wrongdoing. And what a lot of people don't understand, and, and you do because you listen to this program, but a lot of people don't understand that the laptop, when, when you had all of these people brought out by, by the Biden folks to, to disavow and discredit the laptop being real, what they were also desperately trying to do, not just play politics, but they're trying to taint a very important piece of evidence in future legal proceedings. So it's, I, have to, I have to explain that, right? Whenever there is evidence presented in any kind of trial, whether it's a criminal trial or a civil trial, the chain of custody for physical evidence, right? Here, I know, I know, the, the, the data on the inside, it's data, it's, yeah, it's software, it's data, it's, I understand, but it's, it's actually a piece, it's a piece of hardware. That, that laptop is a physical, tangible piece of evidence. And the chain of custody of that evidence is hugely important. Imagine convincing most people in America that it is, it was, it was, it's not real and it was placed into circulation by Russian agents. If you can convince half the country, well, then by definition, half of every jury out there in a criminal case is going to go, yeah, but I think that might be Russian propaganda. Most hosts out there, by the way, that are on the radio, a few exceptions, but they're, they're not lawyers, so they're not looking at this in a legal way. Yes, these 50-some former spooks and high-ranking intelligence officers, swamp creatures, as we like to call them, they all signed a letter saying this was Russian disinfo, nothing to see here, and they were playing politics, but they were also helping the Biden family out with what? Yeah, exactly. Suppressing evidence, destroying evidence in a potential criminal case. This is another problem here. And I, I want to point out that the leading witness right now, I mentioned him yesterday, Michael Morell. Michael Morell, he's the one who just testified in a, a – he, he had a private sworn testimony to, with the House Judiciary Committee. It was private, so we don't have video. We don't have audio. But – we have a transcript. The transcript was made public April, April 20th. It's not exactly clear to me when uh, the date of the actual interview transpired. But here is, because remember, Morell, and by the way, Morell loves Hillary, loves John McCain. He hates Trump. He's, he's got a podcast called Intelligence Matters. Uh, he is... Um, he, he's a big name in American intelligence history. He's got he's got a background in intel, so he's a, he's a former intel head. And he he's the one. Listen, he's the one that's coming forward and speaking to the Republican committee in the House, and he's the one who's tying in Antony Blinken into all of this. Now, I, I'm going to take a um, 
I'm going to take a break here at the bottom of the hour, but I, I want to go through some of this testimony because it's, it's, it's critical. And it in and of itself is evidence of a crime. And the more people you have tied into this, one, it becomes a criminal conspiracy, which of course can be charged on a different level. But two, you have people that are potentially going to face charges and, and would, would plead out. Now, yes, I think you're not going to get the Justice Department to charge this, but you know, there could be a special counsel that's appointed. And then, then the snowball from hell really begins to uh, pick up some steam. So let me, let me just, let's get the break here. I, I, I want to give this the time that it deserves because it's good stuff. Get your popcorn out. Get ready. Sam Marjofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The Woods Right Show. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit samandashlaw.com. Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the program. You're listening to the What's Right Show. Sam Rajofsky here on News Talk 840 KXNT. My email, sam at salmonashlaw.com, sam at salmonashlaw.com. Please email me with your thoughts, uh, opinions, or criticisms at your leisure. I do review these emails during the show. Those of you who uh, email me know that I oftentimes do respond right in the moment uh, or I look at these quickly during the break and and, uh, give thoughts on them uh, as the program unfolds. So I, I really appreciate you guys uh, always uh, reaching out this way. It is uh, very helpful. Now, uh, just yesterday, I was mentioning a few things. One of the things is um, I was getting into this letter that was sent in October, two weeks before the uh, 2020 election, where a, a number of uh, 50 or so uh, current and former intelligence officers and leaders, the best and the brightest of the intel community, all wrote a letter saying that the Heiner Hunter Biden laptop was bunk, right? That it was all, it was Russian disinformation. And, you know, I, of, of course, we knew when the New York Post broke this, um, this, this story, we knew that it was, we knew this laptop was legit. Everybody knew it. And there was a political component to it. Sure, the election was coming up. It needed to be suppressed because it, of course, all tied in some pretty shady business between Hunter and his dad, who at that moment was running for president. Now, the these intelligence officers were able to kill the story. Also, were able to discredit the laptop for a period of time as an item of evidence, which still has not, resulted in any criminal charges being filed. Funny enough, by the way, uh, there is now, I guess, MSNBC's reporting that prosecutors are nearing a decision on whether to charge uh, Hunter Biden with tax and gun-related violations. Those are all things that were in the laptop. So when I say it was evidence of a crime, literally, they're considering right now whether to charge him. Incidentally, they still have not appointed an independent counsel here, even though the Justice Department is overseen by a guy who reports to the target, the criminal target of the investigation's father. 
Instead, the matter is with U.S. Attorney David Weiss, who they are saying, well, he was appointed by Trump. (sighs) Right. Uh, U.S. Attorney David Weiss of Delaware. By the way, uh, at any moment, David Weiss could be fired from his position by the Biden Justice Department. So his job literally depends on doing the right thing to please Merrick Garland and others who all, of course, are political appointees of Joe Biden. This whole thing stinks uh, to high heaven. But at the core of this was a guy named Mike Morrell. Now, Mike Morrell, he was the former acting uh, director of the CIA. And Mike Morrell, I was just mentioning this before the break, so we're clear on this. He is a Hillary Clinton McCain guy. He's a swamp guy. He has a podcast called Intelligence Matters. He talks a lot about intel. He's he's a big muckety-muck inside the CIA kind of a guy. And he he is right now the Republican star witness linking Biden and Antony Blinken to the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop story. In uh, specifics to the letter that was drafted by all these ex-Intel officers. The April 20th, excuse me, the transcript of the uh, closed-door testimony that Morell gave to the House Judiciary Committee, uh, there is, uh, on the 20th, April 20th, they released some of this interview. And here's an excerpt. And by the way, there's no audio here, there's no video because this was behind closed doors, but we have a transcript. Question was, quote, but prior to Anthony Blinken's secretary of state call you, you did not have any intent to write the statement. Morrell answered, quote, I did not. Question. Okay, so his call triggered. Morrell answered, quote, yes, it did. That question, that intent in you, Morrell, yes, absolutely. And in the second debate, Morell says, quote, after the debate, I think it was after the debate because there was the last debate in, in October. In fact, two days before the debate is really when this letter came out because it was used in the debate. Biden used it as fodder against Trump. But he's got this factor. After the debate, I think it was after the debate. In fact, I'm pretty sure it was after that. I got a phone call from Jeremy Bash, who I worked with at Beacon and who is active politically. And Jeremy said, do you have a minute to talk to Steve Ricchetti? I said, of course. He was the head of the Biden campaign at the time, and Jeremy got him on the line. And Steve, thank me for putting the statement out. Okay, so this makes sense. This was a statement after the debate. So they thanked him for putting this out there. Question from the committee, quote, what was the intent of the statement? And Morell, former CIA guy who put this whole thing together that led to the story being suppressed before the election, frankly, has led to the two-year stall on Hunter Biden getting arrested for the crimes that he documented on his laptop. The guy responsible for them says, quote, there were two intents. One intent was to share our concern with the American people that Russians were playing on this issue. And two, it was to help Vice President Biden. Now, Congressman uh, Jordan asks, quote, you wanted to help the vice president. Why? Because I wanted him to win the election. Now, I'm going to say there's more to it than that. There's a, uh, by the way, uh, there, there could very well be charges here down the road for um, 
well, this is, is interfered in, 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 in a criminal investigation, right? So you, you've, you've, got, you've got other related charges here that could come down the, come down the pipe. Uh, it, it's bad, folks. It's bad. And now they've got people on the record, and you cannot deny it. And the fact of the matter is that this, this is crying out now for an independent counsel to be assigned. This is too close to the president. It is too close to the Department of Justice. It is too close to all of these people who are, and now it's, it's it, and we know because this, this testimony by Morell directly contradicts sworn under oath testimony by current Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, who at the time of his confirmation lied in the Senate and said he never got a call, he was never part of this, denied any knowledge of it. And Morell, who is not some Trumpster guy, kind of a deep state guy, he's, he's there, DC insider, he's coming clean on this. And, and Blinken is dead meat, okay? So, I, whether it's an obstruction of justice charge, whether it's, uh, it, certainly obstruction of justice uh, and and perjury. This is bad, folks. This is real bad. So mark my words. Um, I, and again, I know I know the the justice system works differently for conservatives than it does for them. They them. How's that for deification? All right, it does. But still, this is calling out for a serious and legitimate criminal investigation. I'm going to take a quick break here. And now, friends, thank you. You're listening to The What's Right Show. Sam Rajofsky here. This hour brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. I, Sam Rajofsky, will be back in a moment. Well, not to beat a dead horse here, but there's been another development in the break here, an article that just popped up in the New York Post. Sam Marjofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. Before I get to that, uh, it's a, it's a, it's another aspect of this FBI probe into Hunter Biden. But before I get into that, uh, I want to take a word here and talk to you about something very important, which is if you're injured in an accident in Las Vegas, anywhere in Nevada, in California, uh, or elsewhere, you got to talk to Sam and Ash uh, right away. One of the things that I am seeing here, and it's a little bit disturbing, is that it, people are in the middle of their case. They've got a lawyer somewhere, and all of a sudden the lawyer just disappears. They go MIA. Sometimes this happens during the case, but a lot of times it happens right at the end of your case when you're expecting your money. You've already, you think everything's done, and all you want is your check, and suddenly you're getting ghosted. Like, your lawyer's nowhere to be found. And then when they surface, they tell you, well, <laughs> don't worry, the check's in the mail. Some of these people are worse than the Bidens. Stay away from them. And if you're in a situation like this, call and get help now. You need a new lawyer if this is what's going on. 702-820-1234. 702-820-1234. It's never too late to get a second opinion and hire a firm that does what's right. Don't wait any longer. Call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Free confidential second opinions, that's what you get here. And I personally, as the Sam of Sam and Ash, guarantee it. 
All right, friends. Yes, this article by this posted uh, moments ago here in the New York Post. The House has subpoenaed officially the FBI file on the Biden role in a criminal scheme. There's another whistleblower that has come forward and said that he has evidence. I don't know if it's a he necessarily, but I'm going to go with that. He links uh, President Biden to a criminal scheme involving money for policy decisions during his vice presidency. This is huge. Now, as reported, the tip is a potential breakthrough for investigators in the House, Republicans who are looking into Joe Biden's role in his family's business dealings in countries, including China, Russia, and the Ukraine. Now, the Republicans are saying that this file here is, uh, is, is direct in its connection to Joe Biden, uh, rather than just uh, criminal activity by the first son, uh, Hunter Biden. Because remember, this, the, the way this worked, okay, is that Hunter went out there and he said he was this big muckety-muck and he had all these like experience dealing with energy companies. And the dude, he's a lawyer, but he, he didn't have any experience. But he's getting paid these enormous retainer fees. Tens of thousands, in some cases, hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. And then the money hit his accounts, right? And this is where, look, the accounting never lies, right? You can trace... Every dollar that is deposited into an account, it can be traced. And so what they have is they've got they they can follow they can follow the money, right? That's the old investigator's creed. Follow the money. And the money trickles into all these people in in, in the Biden family, including the big man, the big guy himself, Joe Biden, now president of the United States. Stinky stuff and highly illegal. Now, what this news break suggests is that now there is a tie, not just not just Joe Biden receiving money, but that the money he got influenced his decisions on policy. Now we have now we have a real crime, right? Now now we have bribery and we have uh we have we have some very serious uh, uh, you know criminal penalties, federal criminal penalties. This isn't just a, an IRS issue. This is this is high-level stuff and certainly would disqualify him from being president. So as I said uh, before the break, I mean, this now is calling out for a special prosecutor. Now, this evidence, if I'm reading this right, this whistleblower's testimony is in an FBI file Wait for it. That means that the FBI had the stuff. Had the stuff and has done nothing with it. Remember all those ethical FBI, oh, I can't touch this. We need a special counsel. Oh, let's go straight to the president. Wait, I can't, you know, special counsel, investigation. These guys at the FBI, again, I'm just reading between the lines here, putting on my my lawyer hat, and I know how, how these things work, uh, I get the sense that the FBI sat on this. Well, they were. They were doing just enough work on the file to, to, to give them plausible deniability that they didn't sit on it exactly. But 
They did. Because it's been, why? Because it's, well, we don't know. True. Robbie, you're right. We don't know when the whistleblower came forward. But we know the FBI has the file. Now, James Comer, Republican Kentucky, who is the Oversight Committee chairman, says that the new whistleblower tip, quote, raises concerns that then-Vice President Biden allegedly engaged in a bribery scheme with a foreign national. The American people need to know if President Biden sold out the United States of America to make money for himself. Well, he probably did. And now I like the fact that, well, who is this? Uh, Chris, yeah, Comer is, is writing uh, to Christopher Ray, the head of the FBI, and to Merrick Garland, saying, uh, and by Comer and uh, Chuck Grassley, who's on the uh, Senate Budget Committee, we have received legally protected and highly credible unclassified whistleblower disclosures based on these disclosures. It has come to our attention that the Department of Justice and the FBI possess an unclassified form that describes alleged criminal conduct and a scheme involving former Vice President Biden and a foreign national. And then they go through and they they are starting to ask and make specific demands. This is not going away, folks. And they can, you know, they can try to explain this away as much as they possibly can. Uh, the, the the White House is saying they're they're quickly to they're, they're downplaying this, right? There's a five years Republicans in Congress been lobbying these unfounded, unproven, politically motivated attacks. Yeah, please. Fine. <laughs> Let's say it's a politically motivated attack. Unproven. Right, because it hasn't seen the light of day yet, right? And unfounded, well, hardly. This is evidence. Somebody's giving a sworn statement, is offering a, uh, is offering testimony, is applying for whistleblower status. Uh, then that's not that's not unfounded. It's it's that is part of the of the of the foundation. And now they're using all sorts of big words. They're calling this. They, pr- <laughs> I love this. Yes, the White House is accusing Republicans of preferring a, wait, what is this? Floating anonymous innuendo. Floating anonymous innuendo. And then, by the way, they're throwing, I guess, me under the bus. Uh, this, this floating anonymous innuendo <laughs> is amplified by, quote, the megaphone of their allies in right-wing media. Well, listen, friends, the What's Right show is not a shill for the right. This is just me. I have my opinions and my thoughts. And I'm telling you, both as a lawyer and as an American, as a patriot, this whole thing stinks. By this time in Trump's presidency, they were they they had every criminal investigation opened into him and were, you know, they they, they were charging at him, you know, with. Well, well, we'll call it with legal pitchforks. They were, <laughs> they were, they were busy. You know, they already had the uh, the guillotine ready for Trump by this time in his presidency, and Biden's gotten away with this. This is murder, and and it, it's all because his idiot crackhead son left his laptop at a store in Delaware, 
and and a whoopsie daisy, you know, because he was too lost doing drugs, forgot to pick it up, and bailment issues and whatnot. That property became that laptop became the property of the store, and bada boom, bada bang. And his dad, Papa Biden, has been cleaning this mess up ever since. But it's 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 starting to it's really starting to heat up. And the idea that this all just sort of, you know, just kind of evaporates and goes into the ether, it's going to be tough. So my final point on this, we wouldn't know any of this if it weren't for the Republican victory in the House of Representatives. Now we need to get the Senate and we need to finish saving America because these people do not belong anywhere near the levers of power. And that, friends is the God's honest truth. Now, I, uh, well, like that, two hours of radio excellence uh, have passed us, so it's time to go. I got to wrap this up. Find us on the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast, The What's Right Show, and otherwise here on News Talk 840. We are here Monday through Friday at 1 to 3 p.m. Friends, I always enjoy our time together. Thank you. Uh, for your support and uh, your encouraging words. I will see you tomorrow.